What is up, you little humans and our cheeky babes? Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm a Kareen. And this is episode number 20, and we have a fucking scorcher for you. We are speaking to Olivia Martin, who is a life coach, specifically a self-relationship coach, which you will learn is basically she helps humans with their inner self so they can show up best in their relationship. She also was the life coach of the year last year. So she's fucking amazing at what she does. She shares a lot of amazing analogies and a lot of helpful tips if you want to begin the process of working on yourself so that you can show up best in your current relationship or if you're trying to get into a relationship. So that is coming up. But before we get into that, of course, as always, we have a little catch up. So how has your week been? Oh, my week has been, I don't know, I, I feel like it's been turbulent this week. Um, just emotional stuff again. A lot of, like it was a public holiday and I just feel like there's been lots of public holidays lately, which just impacts certain capacities that I have. Um, and I'm just craving routine so hardcore at the moment. And it just feels like there's a lot of disruptions, but we're working through stuff. I feel like I'm feel like I've been saying that for a while, but sometimes you know what that's what that shit is, right? It's just little baby steps, building little habits. You don't just wake up and you're like, oh great, let's do it all. It's <laughs> layering things as we go. Just I feel like I'm trying to keep my head above water at the moment, treading, but I'm about to go into like full stride, baby. We're nearly there and then I'm going to touch that line and then get up and keep walking because you're still going to work on that shit. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's been, it was nice to spend the weekend with the boys. It was just me and Jackson Pye and he was at work this weekend and just get to see a different light of them, I guess, when you, because our mornings are usually get up, you know, have breakfast. We spend time together, but it's always kind of, okay, like we've got to go to school now, got to get to work and I do think about like the day ahead, whereas when it comes to the weekend or me spending time with them, it's just being in the moment and I really get to see the beautiful little people they are and they're pretty cool little dudes. We had a really nice weekend. And the boys got big boy beds. Tyler slept in like a full king single bed <laughs> last night. Oh God. Yeah, it was super cute. He was a little bit nervous, I think just because it was all new, but yeah, he's getting a big boy. He's getting a big boy, that kid. He's really cute. That was me. What about you? I'm good. Um, I, I babysat this weekend. Yes. Some little pussies. <laughs> the pussy palace. <laughs> I was at the pussy palace. So I was house-sitting for some friends who went away for the long weekend. I felt, I felt similarly with you in regards to routine. Like I've just gotten back into my space and it feels good to wake up and I have my space and it was just, yeah, a bit of a disruption over the last five days being away from it. And so I was, I felt so good waking up this morning. I went home yesterday and woke up this morning in my space and it just, I really want to solidify my routine and there's been so many fucking disruptions to my routine lately and I'm just keen to solidify it. So similar with the disruption to mm. routine feels. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm keen to be back and like fucking I wrote out all my goals yesterday which I haven't done in a little while and I've given myself like a a block like the next 12 weeks of just like 
this is what I want to achieve and this is how I'm going to achieve it. I did, if you've listened to our episode where we spoke about uh, the atomic habits system of like the what, how, why, who, I wrote all that out and it just felt really fucking good. So that's me. I'm keen to just like, yeah, fucking get back into it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've got to, got to kind of got to get out of that mindset that disruptions or I have to be better at managing those disruptions because I haven't been doing that lately because I'm like, I just want to get my work done. I'm a bit like, once I get my work done, then I'll have more free time. And the, the if old and then, when X and yeah, Y cycle, we love that. Which, which I'm just, I'm like, but that's partly true because my workload is high at the moment and I do have time restraints. Like I can't just fucking peruse forever with this program and be like, oh, it'll come out when it's ready to come out. It's like, no, I have to do it. And it's just taking a lot of time. But I know once it's done, I'll be freed up so much more in my head. Mm. Yeah, and I agree. I'm, I've been very... Sh- Maybe not, but I just, I'm over all of these disruptions and I was going to say, I don't, I need to be better at managing it. I honestly, I used to be very good at being like flexible and adaptable in my life. And I think as I've gotten older, I'm like, no, I want my fucking routine. Anyway, that's me. Keen for this. Shall we jump into the episode? Yes. I love, so excited. Let's go. Welcome Liv. We're so excited to have you. Hello. So <laughs> we'll just say that's a delay in the internet connection. <laughs> yeah, the internet yeah. connection is in my brain. <laughs> so to begin, tell us a little bit about who you are right now and what you do and what does a self-relationship coach actually mean? Well, I like that you asked who am I right now because who I was like last week is probably very different to who I am right now. Um, so I am a relationship and life coach and a lot of people assume that I help people who are in relationships. Um, that's why I changed it to self-relationships because I love helping women who are single, who are heading toward 30, thinking, oh my God, is there something wrong with me? Why can't I find this person? Like everyone else has it and I don't. Um, (laughs) I was that person too. And helping them heal their uh, relationship that they have with themselves. Because ultimately everything in our world comes from how we feel about ourselves, what we believe about ourselves to be true. And I find that a lot of people that I work with, they don't love themselves as much as they should basically and I want to help people women feel empowered to do whatever the hell they want whether that's in relationships or in business or in any walk of life because once you heal that relationship within yourself you literally have the confidence to do anything you can change how you show up in the world Mm -hmm. and people are just like magnetized to that so what I do is really help people find the relationship that they have with themselves and get rid of all the bullshit masks that they wear in their life thinking that that's who they needed to be in order to be loved and accepted yeah that's really powerful yeah because sorry (laughs) I was like I need I need that shit I need that shit and I'm not your ideal like target audience (laughs) I think I think everyone everyone on this planet needs this before everything else like if you think about it the relationship how you feel about yourself and how you go into the world whether it's in work like it's all affected by what you think about yourself. Mm. So it's like work with family, with relationships, with friendships, in anything that you do, it all starts like in here. 
And if yeah. you don't have a healthy relationship with yourself, then that's going to provide the results on the, on the external world. Yeah. So yeah, oh. everyone should have it. <laughs> Yeah, so because I um I've never actually asked you that question, but I often look at your thing. And I'm like, what does self relationship even mean? Even though I know what you do, uh, but it is so important, as you said, in in every aspect of life to work on that relationship with yourself. So, but do you also work with people in relationships? Yes, I usually find that like the same core issues are problems that people have in relationships because it is that unhealed part of yourself, which we're gonna go into later on, is like the inner child part of you that will show up in a relationship. So you can find the person, but these continuous behaviors or you self-sabotage or that causes the conflict or that leaves you feeling unloved. Because I know I've been in relationships where I haven't felt loved. Yeah. And I think it's the other person, but it's actually myself. Okay. That's really interesting because I often feel, often, sometimes I feel that way in my relationship and it is easy to blame the other person but when I do think about the times that I'm feeling unloved are the moments when I'm feeling my most insecure and maybe I need a little bit of extra love and support that I feel that I'm not getting um Mm, yeah yeah because it's just easy to go you don't love me yeah and (laughs) and that that is a very key point is like and in those moments in time, when you stop and ask yourself, what do I actually need right now? Is it someone else to love me? Or is it that I need to give myself something? Because most of the time, you can actually give it to yourself. Yeah. And like a lot of people want a relationship so that they feel this love, but they're not giving it to themselves. So eventually that will run out that like, um, what's called honeymoon period where you're like, this is amazing. And then it's like, oh, reality. I'm like, everywhere you go, there you are. So it doesn't matter who you're with or what you what your external world is. If you don't know how to meet your own needs first, then how can you expect anyone else to meet them? Yeah, so true. Like very true. Even know what your own needs are. Most people don't. Yeah, and that's a conversation that I have with my husband often is because he'll I call it blaming me. He'll often blame me a lot for things. And I'm like, hold on what's going on for you? What do you really need? He's like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, that's really unhelpful. <laughs> like how, yeah. how am I even supposed to like help you and support you if you don't even know what you need yourself? So yes. And there is, yes, Liv. <laughs> there is something that I like in that moment, what you're describing, it sounds like he is reacting to something, reacting yes. to yes. something, an event. Yes. And the way I like to talk about reacting is that you're reenacting something from the past. Mm-hmm. You're not responding to the current moment. You're reenacting something. Yeah. It's really hard for me to try and talk to him about that stuff too. Cause he just, at the moment, he's just in a stage where he's just like, I'm just not quite ready for that. Um, yeah. which, and and yeah. that's okay. That's, that's like, you always have to meet and accept and love someone exactly as they are right now at this moment and know that if they want to do it, they will. And it's you alter, alternating how you approach the situation and what do you need when he doesn't respond the way that you want it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Really interesting. Because I have, we were talking a little bit yesterday, I have a little bit of, mostly I feel like I have secure attachment, but sometimes in certain situations, I definitely have uh, anxiety 
Um, so when he starts putting up his walls, I start getting anxious. Uh, I need you to love me. Why don't you love me? Why are you pushing me away? So yeah, it's definitely twofold and mm-hmm. it's very frustrating at times, but yeah. And I think that's really important to actually know that we all fall back in and out of like different attachment styles. So I, I'm, I'm very similar. I go into this like anxious, uh, fearful, avoidant um, attachment style. And I know when it happens and I'm like, oh, okay. I know that there's a part of me that needs to be soothed. And yeah. I don't even know if that's a word, soothed. Um, <laughs> soothed? Soothed. Soothed. <laughs> you know what I mean. You just made it sound, sound fancy. It's really good to be aware of when you jump back into those behaviors because that's like your automatic subconscious response yep. coming up. And the more that you're aware of it, the more that you have time to and space between responding to it in comparison to reacting to it yes I know so I do get a reaction at first but then I notice how I'm behaving and how I'm feeling and I'm like oh hold on I know it's not helping me it's not helping the situation especially when he's being avoidant and I'm like but hold on hold on hold on like trying to get in there just makes up well go up even higher so and yeah the more they pull away the more you're like no love me (laughs) yeah it's just like that dynamic the anxious avoidant dynamic is just something that we have to learn how to kind of navigate and understand what your needs are as an anxious um, attachment style as well. Yeah, the interesting thing is often I'll kind of recognize that and then take the step back and give him his space to process and do what he has to do, but then I don't love him. <laughs> so it's just, just a fun cycle. What does that mean? He thinks you don't love him or you don't think? You know, he thinks, because I think, I I feel that his way of protecting himself is putting up that wall but what he really wants is to be vulnerable and to be held and talked to and and cared about so when I try he reacts so I step back and then he's like hold on mm-hmm. I'm I actually do need something from you and that fighting was I thought that fighting was something but in reality I need that feminine yeah energy the hug the love but I'm really scared of it yeah it's like it's the mother archetype they want to be nurtured they want to be held and they're also so afraid of it at the same time that they're kind of like ah, I want it but then they're like no I don't what yeah do I do so it's like very confusing for them because at a like a <laughs> nervous level in their nervous system they're they're behaving in a different way than what they're thinking so mm. they're, they're having this like physical reaction but they're also having the mental reaction and it's a very conflicted. Yeah. 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 That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think, because I I know we're going to talk a little bit more about this is like where you learned how to love Mm. and how you learned how to receive love is very important as well. Yes. Yes. And that's a lot of what he has to work through himself Mm -hmm. to give himself what he wants and then to turn up how he wants to turn up in, his relationship very and you know what it's it's hard to make that decision like it's scary because you think oh my god I'm gonna you know maybe you assume that my parents were bad people like that's another thing is like I'm not blaming other people like and what might come up it's this fear of the unknown because right now he's in control and yeah he thinks he's in control (laughs) and we all think we're in control we all want to have control because control is certainty control is safety it's security 
and stepping out of that is bloody scary like mm. I've done it and I've just been like I don't want to cry I don't want to tell people my deepest darkest secrets like don't be ridiculous I don't need to do that <laughs> vulnerability is hard isn't it yeah it's very hard yes and and depending on how you grew up as well it could be even harder <laughs> yeah yeah so depending on how other people kind of nurtured your vulnerability I guess whether they did or they suppressed it or yeah correct and it's usually quite a common dynamic not always that a lot of women fall into the anxious kind of fearful avoidant category whereas men fall into the avoidant category category because growing up a lot of boys were like boys don't cry um don't be vulnerable like so they've actually been taught to not have feelings, not have emotions, to not seek closeness, but they, they're little boys inside. They want that closeness. Um, and women are the others, like, make sure that everyone's okay. Make sure you say hi to everyone. Everyone's taken yeah. care of. Like, be the people pleaser. Or what, that was my dynamic anyway. But I know a lot of women fall into that category because of the expectations we've had growing up versus what they've had growing up. Yeah, it's so interesting. I could talk to you for hours I think but I, I am noticing a little bit of an accent there so you're currently living in Australia but you grew up somewhere else yes I am Irish surprise Yay. <laughs> a lot of people they either know I'm Irish straight away or they think I'm South African I'm like okay okay I can kind of understand the South African from the accent how it could be well, mistaken they'll know you're Irish when you go to the pub and pull out your, your dance moves <laughs> I do love a river dance when I've had a couple of white ones <laughs> so you were born in the island yes so I grew up in Ireland I moved to Australia um, nearly 11 years ago so that's why my accent is a little bit weird <laughs> um, but yeah I Grew up in Ireland. Every all my family is still in Ireland. I'm the only one in Australia, um, so I haven't seen them for like three years. Yeah, <laughs> fucking um, wild. But fingers crossed it will happen soon. Um, but yeah, I and I moved here on the back of um, a a breakup, which I feel like a lot of my big life crazy decisions have come on the back of a breakup. Which is like, oh fuck it, whatever. You know, like most people go and dye their hair. I moved to the other side of the world. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, I'm the one that cuts my hair. <laughs> yeah. So um, how I ended up here was, I mean, I have two versions of the story. One is the adult version and one is the real version. <laughs> so oh, the real version. The real version is that my boyfriend at the time was cheating on me with my best friend and we all worked together. Lovely. Everyone knew. Really Love cool. that. That's a yeah. really fun feeling. So amazing. Yeah. had the best time um <laughs> <laughs> so we broke up surprisingly and <laughs> two weeks later I was living in Australia so I literally yeah. sold everything and I was like see you later bye run away from my problems and that is my coping mechanism is um oh, is flight is. so you've got fight flight freeze or fawn you should google if you don't know what it is um and mine is flight just literally catch flight <laughs> yeah flight and why not feelings why yeah. Yeah. and why yeah. australia um well my sister lived here at the time so i was like oh i'll just surprise her i didn't even tell her i was going to surprise i'm living with you <laughs> and 
um, because I, I studied in architecture and at the time, this is the adult version, um, Ireland has gone through this like session, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, I need to move for my career. I graduated and that night I flew out. So I actually had my graduation ceremony and then flew out. So yeah. It was a wild weeks. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just moved here for sunshine and work. Yeah, and your qualifications, like honoured, I don't know what the right word to use would be in Australia or do you have to kind of do any anything extra? Um, so I had to get it uh, certified with the Department of Education here. Yeah. Um, would you have to pay a nice hefty fine for? Yes. Um, I mean, fee, not fine. <laughs> um, to basically say, yes, your degree is the same in this country as it is in your country. Um, and it's also funny because I had to prove that I could speak English. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's really funny. I'm, I'm pretty sure I can. But, <laughs> yeah. And so going from uh, an architect to a life coach, that's pretty big change. What was the catalyst for that change for you? Sorry, I'm Ooh. asking all the questions. <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can you guess what the catalyst was? I can. <laughs> Is that because you know? <laughs> I'm going to say you had some shit happen in your life that you wanted to learn about. So you started taking an interest in it and developed over time. Pretty much, yeah. Um, it was another breakup. <laughs> Uh, but this one was this one was very different to the other one um so this wasn't like okay I've broken up I'm I like just want this person it was I turned 28 and I was like what the hell am I doing with my life I thought I would I was on track to get married have the house have the kids like 30 is coming and bloody hell is that a big train when you're like 28 and you're like <gasps> I'm a failure I don't know who I am like I like I'm going backwards in life um, and I really, I, I genuinely just kind of fell into this really deep, dark spiral where I just did not see the point in life. Nothing. I mm -hmm. didn't get out of bed, didn't take the bins out. I was living in a, in like a hole in a cave. It was like thinking about it. I don't understand how I was in that place, but I was. Yeah. And my catalyst for change was just thinking, you know, I'm so sad and I'm so stuck in my own head in my own world like if if I can create this prison for myself can I create the freedom mm. through what I'm thinking and that was like just a weird moment that happened when I was crying on the couch one night <laughs> and that was the catalyst for the change that was when I was like okay I'm gonna watch a self-development video every morning when I wake up uh, when I put my makeup on I'm just going to watch it I don't care if I don't listen to it it's just going to be I need to like reprogram my brain I don't yeah. know how I knew anything about it but uh, like my intuition was like just do this just do this thing <laughs> and then that led to reading and I had I think it was 84 books in 18 months wow of, like personal development and this is all just for myself. This was back in 2018. So this is ages ago. <laughs> and people started to naturally to say, what are you doing? You're, you're a very different person. Like you're glowing. That is the words that they would say. And they're like, what, what's different about you? Like there's nothing different about me externally, but there's something different about me internally. And people wanted to know. So I was like telling them, oh, this book is amazing. I learned this. And they were really fascinated by it. 
Um, and it really helped a lot of people as well. And then, so that was like 2018. So the transition into life coaches wasn't like an immediate one. Yeah. I actually thoroughly believed that life coaching was a scam. <laughs> yeah. I didn't believe it was a real job. I just thought that they were like <laughs> bullshit scam artists who were just like going to say, you can do it. And yeah, give me your money. Um, so <laughs> I was just like, yeah, okay. I got to maybe overcome that belief. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I started training. Um, I literally signed up with a coaching school, um, three years part-time of life coaching which is a long time because you can literally get like a seven day life coaching search online yeah <laughs> um but this is where I learned all of this inner child stuff all of this like subconscious reprogramming how our thoughts affect everything so it was really putting the educational side into what I was implementing and how yeah. I could like help other people do it too um and then yeah I just was like COVID hit I was like you know what I have to go back to the office. I don't want to. I quit. And that was over a year ago. <laughs> I quit my my job, my safe, very safe job. And uh yeah, just went into life coaching full time. That's a really because we Karine and I have both been through like I would I would label what you went through after that breakup like a period of or a season of depression, like not getting out of bed and not taking your bins out and all that kind of shit. And 100%. I went through that personally also after my breakup and that was also the massive catalyst for a lot of my change but what do you think because like if someone's listening and they're really struggling mentally it's it takes a lot of fucking effort to even get up and put on a positive motivational video what's like a little tip you could give someone if they were struggling at the moment in the depths of struggle to just make that like one little decision or one little habit to start improving where they're at mm, it is, like you're very right when it is it's like it seems so easy to people who aren't in that situation like mm. just get up go for a walk walk the dog get a coffee have a shower like that seems so simple to say to someone but when you're in that moment you're just like no <laughs> I don't want to I just like, want to stay in bed and cry I yeah. just like... want to like rot in this bed like, yeah. <laughs> like I know we're laughing at it, but it's a fucking <laughs> horrific place to be. Like, it really is. It's like, yeah, I, I it was definitely my cave, that place. <laughs> um, I would say, what's, mm, just observe your thinking. Mm. Like, don't, you don't have to do anything. Just, just observe, like, what are the thoughts that are popping into your head? And just start there. Um, and then maybe it's like, okay, what's a a you could do what's a better feeling thought right now maybe it's like um I'm I don't want to get out of bed or I feel shit maybe it's like oh I actually feel abandoned that's a better feeling thought than like I feel shit because it's acknowledging what's going on yeah um or it's what else um I had something else it was a and this b but I can't remember what it was so maybe a is just the answer for now that's <laughs> <laughs> all right you would come yeah, it's, it is really difficult. I remember writing like, like a list of what brings me joy. And when you're in that really hard place, like to go from where you were to then reading 84 books in 18 months, like that's a huge mm. fucking change. And then of course, to become a life coach, it's, um, I didn't actually realize it was that bad for you at that time in your life. Yeah. 
yeah I well I didn't tell anyone so you definitely wouldn't have known and I this is one of the masks that I would wear would be like everything's fine and literally I didn't even tell my bosses that I was going through a breakup and then I told them a few months in and they were like oh we didn't even notice there's anything different Mm. oh wow so you really wore the mask I really wore the mask so I was like emotions don't exist like shove them all down like (laughs) and then I'd go home and it would just be like no wonder I didn't want to leave because I was bloody exhausted because when I went home I was letting all these emotions out yeah but I wasn't I wasn't speaking to anyone and I think um speaking to somebody just like even if it's just like the tiniest thing that you feel comfortable with it lightens that load like it really genuine like just saying the words having them come out of your mouth I agree yeah it's just like oh you know or just if someone goes how are you you're like yeah I'm fine and they're like no you're not give me a hug and then you're like <laughs> <laughs> that happened to me the other week and Paul Lily walked in she's like how are you going she's and I'm like <laughs> she's like I think you need a hug I'm like I do <laughs> and she yeah. hugged me and I just all came out and sometimes that's what happens when like people go to the doctors or they go and get a like massage or they go get their hair done and the hairdresser will ask them because a lot of the time it's easier to be vulnerable in front of people that you don't know yeah I find <laughs> yeah totally um and it's like that comfortable space because they don't know any other part of your life so they can just be there for you mm. yeah they can't judge you. well in my brain they can't judge you but they actually can <laughs> yeah they've got for me I'm I the first thing that I think is that there's less of a bias because they don't have as much information mm-hmm. about other yeah. things yeah and I think when I was going through that breakup stage <clears throat> a lot of people had told me that um, I shouldn't be with him like from the very start my sister included and I remember having this moment where I was like can you just accept my choices and like there was a bit of conflict between my, me and my sister about it because she could see something that I couldn't because I was blinded by love um, <laughs> and people you know I instinctually knew that something wasn't right in that relationship and I, I always say that I stayed in that relationship two years too long like two years yeah. too long I knew he was cheating on me I knew it wasn't going anywhere but I didn't have the healthy relationship with myself to say fuck this shit leave I was just like no this is you know you have a really nice house what will people say like this is it's mm. fine just suck it up you're overreacting no <laughs> so yeah. I didn't tell people and I know it's I suppose it's kind of hard for me to understand because I am married I do have two children I did all that before I was 30 it had always been a goal of mine I guess and it did seem to happen quite naturally but like so why is 30 the number because I remember like speaking with you Kate not that long ago about a similar topic just about where you were in life and what you thought you were going to have versus what's kind of happened now or what you had imagined and pictured why is 30 the number like I think it's just like societal conditioning yeah like everywhere I don't know and growing up for like for me it was I thought live I maybe have never told you this but I thought I'd be like married and have like four kids and like own a business and like a house and all this shit by 30 and now I'm 30 and I have none of it but I yeah I think it's just societal conditioning that's what I think what do you think Liv 
Well, I'm going to just correct you what you said. You said you have none of it, but you actually do. Um, That's true. I do have some of it. <laughs> don't be lying to yourself. <laughs> Love that. Um, I, I definitely, I think it's the societal thing as well. I know that in Ireland, being 30 and being single is like so weird. Everyone gets married at like, like they're kind of with these people from the age of like 20 or even like school. And then they get married and they're on like maybe their third or fourth kid by the time they're 30. And I felt like I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not good enough because no one wants to love me. No one wants to have a family with me. No one wants, like I'm laughing, but inside I was crying because I couldn't like externalize that. Um, but it is that the norm, like mm. how we grew up. Like my, my mom and my dad, I think they were married when they were like 20. They had their first kid when they were 21. Yeah. Which I, is crazy. To me, that's <laughs> like, like so young now. Yeah. And our grandparents, like my grandparents got married at like 19 and had my mom at 21 or something. Yeah. yeah. And here, here's my like, my logical kind of brain trying to make sense of it is that back in the day 30 was old because the life expectancy was younger but now we have like a longer life expectancy so 30 is not old <laughs> 30 yeah. is like on the spectrum of if they were 21 like 30 is the new 21 I like to tell myself that <laughs> but no because our life our lives are so much longer now we have more time like yeah we and do, we do females now comparatively are career driven and where we live very differently than how well particularly in comparison to our grandparents generation our mum's generation changed and then we're so different like name a female that well you will be able to probably but there's so many women I shouldn't generalize there's so many women (laughs) who are valuing their career higher than their children to begin with establishing themselves and also everything's fucking more expensive. We need two incomes. Like the way that we live has just changed dramatically in comparison to the generations above us. Yeah, I agree. And that's a whole, like, that's a whole part of how we learned how to love, like our tribal cycle, our families, and also intergenerational like um, expectations of what relationships are and, and where you should be in your life. Like you shouldn't be the you shouldn't be going to work and the dad at home like that's weird yeah, yeah. my grandma that's- thinks it's so weird that I'm 30 and not in a relationship I, I go well, I got some of that from Eddie's parents oh like Kareen does nothing around the house like <laughs> yeah and I'm just like wow okay. bro you fucking look <laughs> after the house <laughs> oh no worries because <laughs> I go to work and it's not my priority I guess like mm. and, and Anthony does a, like he does a lot he does his the I would can say he does his part at home with the kids like we have very 50 50 but yeah it's just very interesting people's perceptions based on all those things that you said yeah and it comes down to beliefs again mm. all inside your head it is your belief system that has been created from your family from growing up um from how they grew up so it's not just about your childhood, it's about how they grew up too and how they were parented and what they saw in their world and their expectations that they passed on to you. Yeah. Speaking of that, that is a perfect segue. You've mentioned inner child healing a couple of times and I would love for you to explain what it is 
in a way that someone who's never heard of it before because prior to me doing like a year of therapy last year the year before I'd never heard of it either and since learning about it since going through it since doing it I'm now like why the fuck is this not more widely known why is everyone not doing this and why is this not yeah just like taught everywhere so what is it for someone who has never heard of it in like real basic terms okay no pressure um (laughs) (laughs) so a lot of people like this in my opinion there's a lot of different words for the same thing so inner child healing is like people talk about it as a shadow people talk about it as like subconscious it's the protector within you right um so in the i guess the really okay i'm gonna tell a story this is how i'm gonna do it um so there's this this fable or this story um about a group of monks who had this monastery and had this giant uh buddha statue has anyone ever heard this story no no okay <laughs> kate your face is like mm-hmm. um, yeah she's got a listening face on <laughs> i also yeah. thought i also thought you just said but butter is no like, buddha <laughs> buddha <laughs> no buddha buddha how do you guys say it Mr. buddha, buddha. <laughs> i was like butter oh okay <laughs> Buddha. Okay, now it's going to be called Buddha from now on. What I'm referring to, okay? So, explain a translation in Australian is Buddha. Buddha, yeah. (laughs) Right, my listening face is back on. Okay, good. Behave. Um, So, (laughs) we they had this giant uh, Buddha statue, and they were doing some renovations of the monastery, and they decided that they needed to move the statue. So it was there for hundreds of years. And it was massive. So they started to move it. And as they started to move it, they've seen some like cracks appear in it. And they're like, oh no, we're breaking the statue. Um, and what happened was when they looked in the cracks, one particular monk like stuck his little finger in and was like, what's in there? He could see like this kind of golden light. And he was like, this is so bizarre. And anyways, he didn't go any further. He went um, back and the next day they were moving it again. And another crack appeared and another piece of the statue fell apart. And underneath, they realized that this external part, this shell that was protecting the internal Buddha, because it was actually made of gold. It was solid gold. And all of these layers were there to protect the golden Buddha that had been built up over time to make sure that it was safe and protected. That's like, like, I hate this. That's really struck a chord with me, hardcore. Yeah. That's a really nice way of saying it. Mm. And the golden Buddha is our golden child, who we really are, who we're meant to be. And And all the protection stuff is all the shit that we, the masks and all the stuff that we put up to protect us. It's the conditioning, it's the expectations of the surrounding world that we grew up in, it's our beliefs about ourselves, it's what we've created to protect ourselves from being hurt, from truly being seen. Yeah. And that is what it comes down to, is your inner child is afraid of being truly seen. Yeah. That is the best way that you could have described it. Yeah, I really like that. I was like, wow. It makes so much sense. Yeah. So, so what's, coming up, 
What's coming up for you, Corinne? Um, oh, just little rain is really sad. Ew. And Bro. yeah, and just, I guess my mental health hasn't been the best lately. <laughs> just like okay. fucked every time, man. <laughs> but it's good. Um, shows that I'm open to learning more about myself and moving past these wounds. Yeah, little Rain just had a rough trot, a real rough trot in life, and mm-hmm. she had to put a lot of layers on. Oh, poor little Rain. Yeah. Well, give her like- <laughs> <laughs> a big cuddle. Ugh. Yeah, mm. and I'm just feeling a bit insecure and vulnerable at the moment, and. Can we like disassociate insecure and vulnerability from each other? Yes. It's okay to be vulnerable and to be secure. Okay. Yeah. Can you explain that a little bit better for more so my brain understands? Yes. How do you be um, secure and vulnerable at the same time? Feeling safe to be vulnerable. Okay. security is safety and trusting that by being vulnerable that you are still safe that you are still loved exactly as you are cracks and all and it's not <laughs> bad beautiful yeah man i'm falling in love with you the more that we talk <laughs> love you too <laughs> thank you yeah. I can send you like an inner child meditation after this. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Thank you. And we'll chuck it in the show notes as well for anyone else who wants to listen. Um, so why do we put up, why do we build the protective layer? Um, because we fear being rejected and not loved. And essentially, it really does all come down to I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. Mm. And we all have that in some aspect of our lives, whether that's like feeling worthy of a relationship, a healthy, happy relationship, feeling worthy of a job, uh, feeling worthy of making money, feeling worthy of having nice things, of receiving. Yeah. That is, I think, where a lot of people really struggle is in the receiving. Mm yeah so what's the difference between someone who may have like a really hurt inner child like two people who both have a really hurt inner child but one is open to receiving and one is still kind of mulling in their discomfort oh that's a good question I think I think we all carry some wounded inner children because it's not just like one child there's multiple parts based on multiple years of our lives and I think the difference is that maybe you're just not aware that you have a wounded inner child sometimes mm-hmm. until you really like poke in the cracks like that monk did yeah um, but I think having this healed inner child I, I refer to it as being the awakened woman because you've stepped into that mother archetype where you know you're literally standing in your power and I've described it to Kate before as being a lighthouse like mm-hmm. rounded being that person that people come to knowing that you know 
they're there, that you are going to take care of them. But knowing that if somebody rejects you or if there's a rejection of any way, shape or form, you know internally that you're going to be okay. That that's not a reflection of you. It's not a reflection of your self-worth. It is the external world and your world begins inside. You trust yourself. You feel yourself. You're fully grounded in that. And it's like water if it looks back in a very easy term. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so if someone's kind of become aware that they do have some of these wounds and they're ready to kind of poke in through those cracks, what are some of the first steps that they could take to start with their inner child healing? Because it can be scary. Like what happened for me just then, those emotions, like I'm comfortable with them. I get frustrated at myself because I cry on this podcast all the time. (laughs) But I'm awkwardly comfortable with with those feelings where where does someone even start because it can be quite overwhelming and daunting Mm -hmm. well I can I just say before I say what how to start is yes by you showing up and you crying even when you feel uncomfortable you're giving other people permission to do the same Mm -hmm. Like, I love it. That, I love it how you just stop for a moment and let it sink in. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. we need to, like we're so occupied with doing stuff, like being human doings, and not just being like let that bloody land for a second. Mm-hmm. When you're truly who you are, you're giving other people permission to truly be who they are. Mm-hmm. Okay, landed. Yeah, <laughs> it did. So I would say the very first step because it can be quite daunting, but it is like. It can be really quick as well if you mm. if you're ready if you if you just go there I know it's really uncomfortable I've done it myself multiple times and I still have more layers that I need to like pick off that I'm just not ready to do but the first step is if you're completely new to this is to really just notice when you're triggered mm-hmm. like notice when you're pissed off notice when you're upset and just take an inventory of, of that. And the next step to that would be, okay, what am I really feeling here? Yeah. Like, yes, I'm angry that this person didn't text me back. What am I feeling? Like, I feel like they don't care about me. And then you can turn that around to yourself. Goes, Wait, what does that mean to me? Yeah. And when was the first time I experienced that? Yeah. So that, that's like your journal post. Just like boom, boom, boom. Like, what's my trigger? What annoyed me? What upset me? Um, what am I really feeling? Uh, what did I say after that? What am I really feeling? Um, where did this come from? Or what was the first? Oh, what does this mean to me? And where did this come from? What was the, when was the first time I experienced this feeling or this thought? Yeah. And so once you have done that process and you're like, okay, I was seven years old and the billy in the playground i don't know whatever whatever example (laughs) happened what like what do you do then so you've done all of that you've realized that and then what's the next step a lot of the time and i used to be guilty of this too is that people think there's a next step they think they need to get rid of it that they need to heal it but by being coming aware of it in itself you're looking at that from a whole new perspective. You're looking at that event from an adult perspective. So you'll automatically begin to see it very differently. 
Like if yeah. Billy in the playground was a jerk, um, and now you don't, I'm trying to think, let me actually find an example. So I had my own Billy in the playground and this is landing. <laughs> I had my own Billy in the playground who bullied me and that resulted in me being a very shy slash social anxiety adult um, and not speaking up, being codependent in relationships. I know this is, sounds like, okay, how do Billy make you codependent? <laughs> but what happened was when I spoke to my teachers about how Billy was being not very nice to me. What they actually done was they put us in the same room and forced us to play together. And then I had to go to Billy's birthdays. Billy had to come to my birthdays. And that's when I learned that I had to deny my own needs mm. because Billy's were more important. And as an adult, when I went back, I realized why the adults did that. A, because it was what they thought was right, but also because Billy was going through her own experience in life. She was going through like something that I'm not gonna say. Um, and they were worried for her. They wanted her to have a friend, but they didn't see my perspective. So by even just revisiting that and thinking, oh, I still don't like Billy, by the way. I don't like, it's okay to not, like you don't have to forgive everyone. Like you can just be like, okay, I accept that. Like, I'm not going to be friends with Billy. But by being aware of, oh, okay, there were other dynamics. But as a child, it was just like my whole entire world. Yeah. So when you get to that event, whatever that event is, have a look at, like, from an adult perspective. Like, what else is going on in that moment? You can also do the inner child meditation, where you just go and hang out with your inner child. Like, that's huge. Just go and hang out with her. You don't need to, like, tell her to get better or anything. I don't know if you can hear that, but that's my vacuum cleaner outside. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, your inner child is crying out for you to hold her, to pay attention mm -hmm. to her. Mm -hmm. You don't need to do anything. Once you visit that part, just be there. And the rest will dissolve. The awareness of yeah. the love is so powerful. I've done that before. Just fucking cried my eyes out and then envisioned little rain just sitting there all sad the big adult rain just gave her a hug and went you're yeah. okay yeah that's interesting Kate. yeah <laughs> you can see you're like the calm <laughs> yeah no I was just thinking because I don't know you you explain things really really well mm. and in ways that I've never heard things explained before and it's interesting that you say that awareness like there's no further because I think let me explain my cogs um you see everywhere like you need to heal 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 and like mm. there's a, there's been a big turn and shift in consciousness particularly on well, I guess in my sphere of who I follow on Instagram like everyone's always talking about healing and blah 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 um and yeah, awareness is such an important point. And the reason that I asked about the next step is because the way that I've learned it with my psychologist is what you explained, like the visualization step. And sometimes I left feeling, or even sometimes I still think like, is there more that I need to do? And I love that you just explain like, well, awareness and be there with your inner child. But then I'm always like, 
I don't know, my brain works in weird and wonderful ways, thinking that there has to be a next step. But I just mm. love that you said the awareness piece and then the visualization. Medi- I assume it's a visualization meditation that you're referring to when you say an inner child meditation uh, and just being there. And, th- and that's enough. Mm. Mm. Awareness is healing. Yeah. No one's ever said it like that. Mm. Yeah. Because I, I, I was the same. I was like, oh, I need to like, even with coaching, I was like, oh, I need to give them more once they're aware of it. I'm like, no, no, I don't. Like awareness in itself is the healing. It's mm. the catalyst to healing. Anything yeah. you do after that is because of the awareness. Mm. Fucking oath. Like, once you're aware of something, there's no way that you can think about it the same way again. So like, neurologically, you cannot ever be the same once you're aware of something. Mm. Even like Kate's mind is about to blow up. (laughs) (laughs) It makes so much sense. Like even, even like, up until the last few years I had no that's not entirely true but I've increased my depth of knowledge of of the connection between my childhood and and the behaviors that I've played out or play out today and until I like you don't know what you don't know until you know it and then you know it and you're like holy fucking shit but I've just I don't know it's just it makes it sound so easy whereas yeah my brain overcomplicates literally fucking everything and yeah even with coaching back in the day I used to feel like oh I need to give them more and blah and that's but that's people pleasing shit and that's being dealt with but yeah awareness is awareness yeah you just like simplified it so well it's nice to know that it doesn't have to be so overwhelming and complicated that yeah I can just understand and just be there to support little baby rain and sometimes that can just be enough I paid my psychologist thirty thousand dollars, and she didn't fucking explain it that well. And you learnt this in a in a free podcast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and that's the thing. There's like so many different modalities that people yeah. sell. Essentially, when it comes to coaches, like do the inner child healing. Like I talk about that, but it's literally the awareness that you have an inner child for starters. That's fucking huge. Like yeah. in itself. Yeah. Um, and then the awareness that all of the voices or the thoughts that you have in your head didn't just come from nowhere. Yeah. They came from growing up. There's like a voice for every part of you. And every part inside you is a different like event or a different age or a different time in your life where you're telling yourself something or you're hearing or seeing something because of something you've already experienced, whether you've done it or whether someone's done it to you. Yeah, even even learning that like years ago was such a fucking I don't even have a word, like what's the word? Like just such a light bulb. Mind blown, like massive light bulb shone on life, just even knowing that. And that's why I really wanted to for you to explain what it is, because it's what you do. Uh and I think everyone needs to fucking learn it. Like inner child healing should be learning taught in schools. I agree. Mm. I have this like conundrum. I'm like, I really want help to help. I think everyone like you should, everyone should know this because it just is life changing. Like, like 
I can't even explain. It doesn't have words. It's like changes every aspect of your life when you have this new way of thinking. And my conundrum is I really want to help everyone. But like, where does it yeah. start? Does it start with children or does it start with adults? I reckon it starts with adults, to be honest, yeah. because I'm just thinking as a parent, I have a conscious approach to how I parent. I understand that what I say and how I show up for my kids in the home but then when shit happens for them on the outside too how I support them is so important and yeah that was just something that I was going to mention as well like if you can help the adult become conscious then they can take those practices and teach their children so you're kind of teaching so many generations but doesn't happen for all kids does it no can I tell a story about someone who like because to explain kind of further what you mean to be conscious for your children. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I had a client and we figured out that, you know, she grew up in a home <coughs> that had some mental illness in it and it was abusive relationship um, for her parents. And she came to me because she's like, oh, I just seem to attract really like dramatic drama into my life. There was drama everywhere. My friends are dramatic. My relationships are so turbulent. Like, I'm just sick of it. I just want like a nice, quiet, like life. Um, and what we did was we went back and I was like, oh, we went back in time, which is something that we do. We take her back. And she pinpointed the moment where she associated drama with love. And she was 12 months old. 12 months wow. old. Wow. Yeah. She was sitting in front of her fireplace she could literally she we went right back there she could feel it she could see everything around her and this is the power of like dumping back into your childhood she was 12 months old she was sitting in front of the fireplace and her parents were over there and she saw a penny on the ground and she remembers distinctly thinking to herself I shouldn't do this she picked the penny up and she swallowed it. Mm. And she says one of the happiest memories of her family is when they were in the emergency room because they were giving all of their attention to her. Wow. And actually, the rest of the story, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good at pausing. I'm so big. Um, and basically, <laughs> she's healed that part when she's attracted to these dramatic situation she's healed her version of what love is and she's become conscious of it and after she did that she met a guy they moved in together and they had their first baby in January a little baby boy and by her doing this work her child now gets to experience a real healthy love mm. so that when he grows up he doesn't have to deal with all this shit <laughs> yeah essentially and that is the power of when as an adult, you are, are conscious. You are a conscious adult and you're parenting from that consciousness as opposed to repeating the behavioral cycles and the um, tribal cycle from your families and what you experienced in your life. Yeah. I can't it's believe huge. she remembered 12 months old. I know, that's insane. Like, like it just, this, yeah. This is just, the power is that when we figure out what the moment was, we literally go into a visualization and they are in that moment in that time and it just comes to them it really does like 
I've experienced it where I'm like, holy crap. And like, I just remember being in my like little girl body looking up at everyone. Mm. And it's really, really powerful because it's everything is stored in your subconscious. Everything is in there. And it isn't until you go in and like pull it out that you can truly let that emotion complete, essentially. Mm. Wow. Okay. It's like mind blown again. <laughs> I need to get you like a helmet or something. <laughs> I, did, um, I did some breath work not that long ago. And it really helped me tap into that subconscious place. It was really powerful. My husband came home actually. And I was like, like, it was just pain that must have just been stored. And I was wailing, like full on wailing. And he's like, I literally walked in and thought you were being murdered. Like that's, yeah, how powerful our subconscious mind can be and how we can really just trap everything in there and just suppress it, suppress it all down yeah and and the thing is is that our brains are like constantly trying to reserve energy so it's going to like push things to the side push it down so that it can like function on the thing that is in front of it and like i I don't know if you know this but our subconscious runs like 90 to 95 percent of our behaviors every single day Mm. so we don't know what we're not aware of what we're doing 90 to 95 percent of every day i learned that in kate's course actually one of kate's courses Oh, yeah, well, you can learn a lot from Kate, I hear. <laughs> um, so if, if you're literally repeating the same day, every day, without going into the subconscious, then nothing's going to change. Mm-hmm. I like to say it like, you know, when you're cycling or riding a bike, <laughs> here's a weird analogy, riding a bike and, you know, all the spokes in the wheel. If you were to stick a stick in the spokes of the wheel, uh like your subconscious of the bike and you just like go straight over the handlebars and you're just like whoa and that's what you experience when you're like in that moment you're like whoa (laughs) what the hell just happened yeah it's a pattern interrupt it's like you're on fucking autopilot and then suddenly it's like boom and you go flying off the front of the handlebars yes and that's that's what happens when we go through a breakup for instance or like a big life event or something that really throws us across the handlebars is that we have a pattern interrupt Mm. and that's why we begin to question everything like, what is my life like mm. you know you're like, me, it's like what am I doing yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm actually so grateful for my breakup like it it was it was a massive pattern interrupt and it, it made you it made me look at everything it was a huge catalyst for the last couple of years of growth and healing mm. it yeah. fucking sucked at the time but oh yeah so happy it happened Mm -hmm. and I always say that like I say cheers to my ex for ruining my life (laughs) because if it wasn't for that interrupt that pattern interrupt I would have still been sitting as the passenger in someone else's life yeah so yeah you mentioned before and I know your current coaching program by the way feel free to spruik it at the end but I know you mentioned the awakened woman and the mother archetype so question is that the um for lack of a better word like if you're healing your inner child and you're stepping into your conscious adult like what does the mother archetype mean and what's your definition of the awakened woman yes basically you've described it 
Exactly. It is the journey from operating from that inner child wound, whether that's in relationships or business or life or whatever it might be, and then awakening to your behaviors, your patterns, um, where they've come from and healing that, but then transcending beyond that into like, okay, I want to have X, Y, Z. I have this desire, whatever it is. How can I use that shadow or that inner child healing in order to catapult me towards this new awakened way of being? And being in that awakened woman or the mother type architect is being a woman, like being a badass boss bitch, <laughs> you know, like you see women who are just, they just go for it. And they're like, yeah, it's fine. I've got this. That is the awakened woman to operate from the belief that you are worthy. And if it doesn't work out, that it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. That it doesn't matter that you are, you are the universe. You are your world. And if you don't step into that, you'll be sitting watching the world. Mm. You're really so, good yeah. at explaining things. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Well, anyone that does human design have um voice throat, uh, throat defined so i think that might be why <laughs> everyone's like what's human design that's a totally different there's subject. a whole nother yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah cool so then would you say because uh, i think it's confused like if you've never done any healing work or whatever and you're just sort of new to it all i think it would be quite confusing knowing like what's the outcome like we're all looking for the outcome you know um so what do you say to that because first question is can you be healed fully this is for the audience and um is there an outcome of a healing journey first question is no you cannot be healed fully it's an ongoing progress like whenever <laughs> wherever you go there you are so whatever whatever life gets a bit like crunchy where you're like oh this is like a bit uncomfortable that's like a new level of healing and it doesn't always mean that it's like, oh my God, I need to go back and like go into the trenches and like bawl my eyes out for years. It's like, no, it's that awareness. It's like, oh, that's that part of me that's coming up that's making this feel uncomfortable. And given that part of you, the awareness and the recognition and the acknowledgement and taking that part with you. So a lot of people are like, oh, we need to leave that part behind. No, we take everything with you because that's who you are. That's where you got to today is because of those parts. And it's a progressive thing. I don't think anyone can ever 100% be healed. I know that I think I'm healed and then it's like, bam, I'm like, oh, bam. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's good with every, it's like a layer of an, of an onion. Oh, you're good stick there. <laughs> every time you peel back a layer, like it gets a bit spicy, it gets a bit hot, it gets a bit like uncomfortable. Your eyes can start to well up. You're like, oh. Um, and that is you're peeling back the layers into the golden butter, but you do still have to like, you know, <laughs> golden butter, golden butter, <laughs> golden Buddha, Buddha. Buddha. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be selling like butter ads. <laughs> yeah, it is like butter is golden as well, but you do yeah. still have to like take care of the Buddha, and you know. <laughs> make sure it's shiny and you know the weather will come and like there'll be new layers of crap that builds up on the buddha and you just peel them off crack them off does that answer your question yeah it does i was just thinking about the the butter the golden butter analogy <laughs> uh 
I'm my brain works in very visual ways. Yeah, I was visualizing the exact same thing, and I'm up there, and I'm like, Ooh. and then a storm comes, and I'm like, hold on, I got this. Just yeah, you're like again. rubbing the belly. You're like, oh, I'm and, then it, and then then a bird shits on you, and you have to rub it off. Yeah, um, because that's the thing. Life fucking happens. Shit happens. Literally, bird shit happens all the time. Like if you look at that analogy of a bird flying over the golden Buddha and it shits on you, that's life. Shit happens. <laughs> yeah. <sure>. yeah. <laughs> so take a with the the golden butter analogy, where is the intention to be um so we take off the protective layers and we're in our fully expressed golden butter, sorry, I can't say radiant that. self. <laughs> yes. Radiant yeah. self, and then a bird comes and shits on us. And then we have to clean it off. But the intention is that we are as much as possible in our fully expressed. I'm picturing like a Buddha statue and it's got this like shiny yellow light shit coming off. Yeah. It. So that's the intention to be there. And then when required, we go back and clean ourselves, clean off the protective layers. And then we're back in our shiny self. Yeah. What I feel is that we're our shiny self and when shit happens we're empowered enough to be able to manage that shit and keep walking keep moving yes. forward yes you got it you got that's it, what yeah. i visualize it's like it's like if you were to tip a boat over and clean the bottom yeah. if you were to careen it yeah, to the side <laughs> <laughs> it is it's like you take back the power you don't need other people to clean your buddha Sounds, mm. sounds weird now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like we've gone down and very like right here, but um, because you are, you are empowered because you know how beautiful and fucking radiant and empowered that you are. That you're like, I'm gonna shine. I'm gonna like wipe this shit off. I don't care. Or if it rains, it's just gonna like fall off your back. Mm. Like you don't let it stick. You don't let shit stick mm. because you know your worth. You know your radiance. You know your beauty. Your who you really are at the core and that that's enough and that the world deserves to see it yeah so to kind of in a nutshell could I say that what you help women is to imply find that empowered version of themselves and to feel empowered to continue through life's journeys exactly yeah yeah it's a very good way to put it you can be my salesperson <laughs> <laughs> no I am I feel as though I'm really bad at sales. <laughs> but that's well, specifically related to you showing up in a relationship. Like that's your That is where area. I love to shine because I have been in the trenches. I understand it. Like it is not a fun place to be. Um, and it's like, it's like you're waiting for something to happen, but it, it's not happening. So I want to help people like get out of that waiting around period, like get out of the waiting room and get into the, I don't know what the office is. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is like, but the thing is anyone that I work with, whether they're in a relationship or not, or whether they come to me for something else, like it all comes down to, you know, shining through, shining through the cracks. And it all comes down to what you believe about yourself and being empowered and trusting that who you are is enough and that it doesn't matter if somebody or something rejects you, that that's nothing to do with you. That's their problem. <laughs> yeah. So it is, it's about being empowered and stepping into the woman version, which is like this mother, like, oh no, everything's going to be okay. It's almost like this calm energy where you're just like, mm. you know, everything's going to be fine. 
I've, I've got this. I am in control. Yeah. So I'm just thinking what I do for my children, I need to practice more on myself. Just being that pillar of would, light. Yes. What you strength. give your children, you need to give yeah. to yourself. Mm. I'm just letting that sink, sink in. Yes. Dramatic well, pause. I know, lots of sinking in. But that's the thing. Just like sit with these thoughts. Just sit with them. You don't have to do anything. People were just like, okay, give me homework. Give me like a workbook. And it's like, no, just like sit in this moment and ask yourself these questions. What comes up for you? Yeah. Like, Being, because we're so just do, 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 do. You've told me this. Now give me the solution. Give me the actions that I need to take to achieve this outcome. But yeah. That, yeah. That's not how it works. You need to feel it. You need to be in that body, be in the experience and stop bypassing it. Mm. why do you think people struggle so much to be present and and be because we haven't been shown how to do that it's not right to do that you have to be like a hustler or like it's the society it's the expectations it's the beliefs that we have been implanted with whether that's from our education system uh movies instagram social media parents family friends relationships like that we soak all of that in and we don't know a lot of us don't know how to be so we have to learn how to be Mm. so that's why like people are like oh you should meditate because they've learned how to be for the first time and they realize how fucking powerful it is i mean i'm a massive visualization meditation person because otherwise i just go into my own brain and it's just like a shit show (laughs) (laughs) um so like it's finding what works for you yeah as well if you're a visualized visualizing visualizing person then that's what you you can do like that will strengthen it Mm. but yeah we need to learn this is like a skill set that we haven't been um told and it's just filling in that skill set that we don't know like if you wanted to be a degree and be a nurse you know you'd have to go to school and like learn some shit i'm assuming (laughs) in order to be qualified to be a nurse so in order to learn something new, you have to go to school, <laughs> go to life school. Life school. I, I wish mean, I offered that. There that is. Good. The life, oh no, that's the life coaching school. Have you heard of Brooke Castillo, Liv? No. Oh, she's a big life coach in the States and she's got a, her business is called the life coaching school. Mm-hmm. Should go to school to learn life shit. Yeah, they do it well in um the boys prime like like indie. We just call it school. A lot of I guess you I don't know, holistic approach to life, just a being approach to life. They do a lot of learning through play based. Um I have fears for them going to big school just because I feel like they're gonna be so slotted in to expectations and rules and you have to learn this and you have to do this and be that way kind of scares me a bit are they your fears for yourself or for your children (laughs) um well we all know that the answer is for myself right i because i i was saying that and i was like but a part of me 
thinks that Jackson, my eldest son, would really thrive in an environment like that because he is just very intellectual. He loves learning. He loves sitting down and like doing, like he just loves, he throths off learning. So I did, when I was saying that, I was like, this little thought in the back of my mind going, that's not totally true. Yes, that's that's the awakened woman. <laughs> <laughs> she starts off as a little boy because sometimes our voices are our thoughts in our head because some people don't have voices which I find weird <laughs> I I said that to Kate like a couple of weeks ago and I was like I cannot understand how someone does not have an inner monologue like they just don't hear anything like nothing is it peaceful <laughs> like is it scary does that mean they don't, don't have an inner critic they don't have like how does that work I have like 400 voices in my head <laughs> I think they see things or they have thoughts where they like they don't have the like voice aspect I don't know it's just a different way is it the same thing yeah isn't a thought a voice like you have a thought and you think it so it's the voice saying it out loud apparently not I I don't experience it I can't explain it (laughs) I ended up reading the feed and because someone was like how do you read to yourself then like if you don't have an inner monologue because when I read I hear myself reading the words and I think someone described it as you did live that they see the words like it still doesn't make sense to me but I can kind of comprehend it that way like they see the words in front of them rather than listening to the words being said yeah yeah it is it's I can't comprehend it because I have never experienced it yeah Um, and it kind of does it like something that it's like so many analogies for like comprehension but one that comes to hit to my mind is how do you explain the color orange to someone who's blind mm. yeah <laughs> like, like uh, you it's just orange <laughs> like, yeah it, it's like the sun oh like <laughs> yeah. so many aspects to it and it isn't until that we actually go and have a conversation with someone who is blind and say do you know what color orange is like how would you describe it and that is it's we can't comprehend something until we're aware of it by asking the right questions to the right people mm. yeah <laughs> so we've spoken a little bit about the work that you can do for yourself but to speak more specifically about relationships and showing up in relationships you mentioned before like your client, the 12 month example, how she uh, saw drama and then showed and then attracted drama in her love life. So what is someone's like relationship blueprint? I found that word on your Instagram. So I'm just stealing your words. (laughs) How do people learn to love and how does, yeah, what's their relationship? What does that mean? Their blueprint. Okay. That's like a whole like bunch of different questions at once that all mean something different. Welcome to my brain. <laughs> yeah, well, I know my brain is very similar to that too. And this is why, like, I find it, like, I feel like I have so much in my brain, so much knowledge that I just can't get out until yeah. someone asks me the right questions. And that's essentially what culture is as well. But um, one of your questions was... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, so your relationship blueprint. So that's an aspect that I, I, I go through with clients and it's based on their adult relationships so um the concept of it is 
is that we go through previous relationships and we look at what the similarities are in each of them. And usually they're like, oh, there's no similarities. It's so different. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and then they finish the exercise and they're like, oh. <laughs> but See it now. <laughs> yeah. What happens is that we have a conscious set of uh, attractions of things that we want or what we think we need um, in a relationship, let's say. So, you know, you might describe your dream partner, let's say like tall, dark and handsome. You know, that's your conscious set of wants and needs but we also have as we mentioned earlier a subconscious set of wants and needs which we're not aware of and they tend to be the negatives that we experience in all of our relationships so when we like have an overarching like look at all of our relationships and see all the negatives we can see the parts of us that we need to heal Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah So in looking at the dark side, the shadow, shining a light on it, you get to shine a light on the areas within yourself that you need to heal. You need to show love and attention to. So So all the the shit that frustrates me about my husband. That's yours, not his. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I, I know, like, I do know that, but when you're in, the environment sometimes it's hard to yeah. separate those and, two. And and you're very right. When you're in the emotional response, you cannot see or think logically. Like just can't happen. So you you have to like live out this emotion, whether that's be whether that can be, hey, I just need to go for a walk. Just take yourself out of the situation mm-hmm. because usually when two people are in that emotional reactive um, state, they're essentially two children throwing a tantrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's the easiest way to look at it because like, no, listen to me or hear me. You can't hear someone else and see them and their pain when you're in your own. Yes. I also find it quite difficult because he is avoidant and struggles to understand that the way he's behaving is because of something outside of what's happening in the here and now. Yeah, he's that's avoided. the part yeah that's the part that I struggle with the most is I'm like but what's really going on for you he's like you didn't what was it you didn't clean up this dish I'm like dude come come on mate that's not what the issue is here and then yeah it just gets hard for me to stay calm because it's just but you're I blame you get blamed mm-hmm. you know, try think- and breathe mm-hmm. yes doesn't always happen that way and that and that's your human like <clears throat> we can't control our emotions we can be aware of them feel them and like go through them and then come back and like have the conversation with her but um i think maybe i don't know he might feel like he is being attacked he's mm-hmm. like what do you mean what do you mean i didn't watch don't be ridiculous like that's not a, an environment where he'd be like feel like he can be open and vulnerable yeah yeah. Like if your kid didn't wash the dishes or if your kid said something like that to you, what would your response be? I'd be like, cool, man. But I asked you to, could you do it, please? Mm-hmm. And why would it be important for them to do it? Um, respect. Uh, because I had asked them to do a task and I think that listening and taking that action is respectful. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think so it's yeah. not about washing dishes it's about being disrespectful mm. 
Kate, did you just put your hand up? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, no, so then. So let's here, just, I mic dropped. So let's just say hypothetically that's how he felt because talking that through, I'm like, yep, can totally see that. And it's probably a big part of how he felt. So in that case, if that was me, I then go, why am I feeling disrespected right now? Yeah, so you felt disrespected when he came at you. Came at you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Or even vice versa. When I said to him, like, it's just the dishes, like, what are you going on about? Mm -hmm. And now I feel disrespected because I've heard that. Yeah. I think having the open communication Mm. and actually instead of being like, well, you should really figure out why you're avoidant. It's like trying to like curiosity, like, oh, why does this annoy you? Like, what is it about this that you don't like? And just like massaging yeah yeah like the need that's there yeah approaching it from the mother nurturing side it's like oh okay oh I understand how you feel like but why what's what are you feeling or why what did you think about me when I didn't wash the dishes what does that mean to you yeah and he's either going to answer you or he's going to run away because his coping mechanism might be flight yeah and yours is fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want answers. I want answers and I want to solve the problem right now because I just, I like, I just want it done and I want to move on. Like I don't like, I just want to sort the stuff out so then we can go back to having a nice relationship where we're mostly sane adults trying to deal with kids and life. Mm-hmm. And his response is, I need to just get out of this situation so I can make sense of it and then come back into it yeah but then I argue the making sense part because <clears throat> mm-hmm. I think he just avoids it all it was like it happened I'm gonna pretend it didn't happen but I'm gonna hold a grudge is it you holding the grudge no I don't think so I'm like let's talk about it and just move on I love you regardless I just want to understand what's happening so I can help you I can help myself and we can have the relationship that I guess I want mm-hmm okay so there's like you can't you can lead a horse to water but you can't make it drink is that the same yes um so I said earlier about like when you're when you are who you are you give other people permission to be themselves too yeah so maybe right now he's not at that point where he's ready to drink the water but by seeing and being surrounded by you when you do it yeah as children are we all like observe uh, absorb our environment so he would naturally begin to kind of maybe see things a bit differently but he has to do it in his own time but one thing that you can do in that moment is like it's a a little technique it's called the I feel I need technique yeah I don't know if you've heard of it I think I may use it but can you explain it please before I rattle anything off (laughs) so (laughs) basically uh you have the event so you can start a sentence is when you did this or when this happened yeah I felt yeah and state how you feel and I need what you need yeah I do often do that for myself and meeting my needs but maybe not for him yeah so it's about like turning it back taking the blame off like stop projecting that onto him and like tell him what you need 
so he knows what to do because men are very simple <laughs> yes and I and I do and I guess this is another issue that I feel is then I will say hey I'm feeling a little bit unloved right now what I really need is a hug and for that to be a bit proactive and then it doesn't happen so then I feel unloved mm-hmm. so what can you give yourself in that moment in time good question the love that I need physical yeah. touch yeah I could go get a massage I could give just touch, touch my own body yeah shower touch my body yeah give me what love. I need yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dance. okay cool just like just try it that way and and because sometimes people can't hear what you're trying to say yeah yeah it's not okay. that they don't want to they just can't right now yeah so what I'm kind of hearing is show up how I want to show up in the relationship and how I want to be treated he may not be ready for that and that's okay but the more that I practice that I'm planting little seeds and hopefully he'll cotton on in time and when I keep practicing my communication skills and if I do communicate and a need isn't met by him, I have the capabilities of meeting that need myself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Got it. Now question. I just have to practice it. On that. Question, Kate. What do you feel about two humans in a relationship together? One is working on their healing and their growth and the other isn't. My understanding is you be the leader and they like, like as in uh, words, let's backtrack. <laughs> well, I'm just going to ask you the question. What do you feel about in a relationship? One person is working on their shit. The other isn't. And assumedly there would be a butting of heads in that, in that capacity. What can you do if you still want to maintain the relationship, but you're the one doing all the work? And you're frustrated at them not doing the work. Accept that that's them. Mm. And love them as they are. Yeah. That's it. Because you love them. Mm. And the pain that you're causing within yourself is your expectations that you're putting onto them. Mm. That they don't have of themselves. And is that something that's common in relationships? Like, is it often that two people meet and they're like so ideal and never have any issues, air quotes, because they're just so matched? Mm -hmm. It is. It's very common for one person to start to do healing or to like see a different aspect of themselves and want, really want their partner to see it too, because you know that it will really help them. So then there's that like mismatch of, okay, I've done this and I really want you to do that, but you're not doing it. So now I'm frustrated. Whereas before that wasn't a problem. Hmm. So you are loving this person and accepting them for exactly how they are right now in this moment of time, or you're not. And why are you not? What is it that you're not like? What's the gap for you? unmet needs unmet needs that you didn't have before yeah yeah so it's all 
my shit essentially you're you're still healing you're still healing or that person is still healing and it's okay you're on your journey Mm. and writing writing out all of your needs whenever they show up in this moment i need just keep an inventory even if it's on your phone and like let's say it's something about the dishes like okay what was my need here i needed this and just have a look back at it like every week every month and just see what what's there see the shadows see the darkness see what's coming up for you in that moment because that is a trigger for you and if we go all the way back to the start of the podcast the first step to healing is to understand your triggers Mm -hmm. so when was the first time i felt like this like just try that out and see see what comes up yeah so a lot of work in relationships is <laughs> the individual and then those in two individuals i guess communicating and cooperating yeah and and relationships are the biggest highlighter of our inner child wounds like yeah, they are like without a shadow of doubt because it highlights when we feel abandoned yeah it highlights when we don't feel worthy of love or when someone isn't loving us we think oh what's wrong with us mm. But if you imagine like two people coming together and let's say you're driving your bus and in the back of all in your bus is like a bunch of your inner children and they're all like, like just being like crazy kids. There's some crying in the back. There's another one like peeing on the door. I don't know, like this is a bus <laughs> of your children and they're all parts of you. Like it's, it's called your internal family system, but like you have all these parts of you and he comes along, he's driving his bus and he's got a bunch of kids in the back too, his kids. And he isn't even aware that they exist. Like they're all asleep right now. Yeah. (laughs) Right now. But yours are like, and then you pull up together and you're trying to go for like lunch. (laughs) That's the relationship. (laughs) And his children are asleep, but they might wake up every now and then and he'll be like, whoa, what the hell was that? Yeah. I don't, know how to, I don't know how to deal with that thing. I'm just going to run it over here. <laughs> Wouldn't that be good if we could do that with our kids? <laughs> I mean, you probably can, but you might be arrested. <laughs> <laughs> just going to no. put you over here for a minute. Highly You'll not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, what would you say a healthy relationship could look like? I think that a lot of us have a different version of what a, health, what a healthy relationship looks like. So for me, it might look very different to what it looks like for you. Yeah. But a healthy relationship isn't something that you see. It's something that I feel like you feel inside. Yeah. You feel, you know, like you trust yourself, but you also trust that person. And it's um, like having mutual respect for each other even when you disagree mm-hmm. because we we all disagree we all have things that we don't like like the dishes are not the dishes but having that mutual respect for each other maybe not in that moment but coming back to that um and also just just feeling that feeling of safety that feeling of security within yourself when you're with that person so you like imagine i i actually do this exercise sometimes with um clients where they're like, well, how do I know when I've met someone healthy or who I've met the one? It's a very common question. Mm. 
And I just say to them, like, just imagine if you close your eyes, like you're sitting on the bus, you're on the way home from work, you've had a really shitty week, it's pissing rain outside, you're hungry, you're cranky, you're wet, and then you walk in the front door of your house. What's the feeling? Mm. Do you have a feeling? I'm wet. (laughs) 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 But you walk into the house and there's somebody there and the fire is on. And they come over to you and they're like, how was your day? And you're just like, oh, fucking shit. It just melts away. Mm. And then you get into your unicorn unicorn costume and you sit (laughs) on the couch. And you're like, I know this person's going to love me, even in my unicorn costume. And I'm not even going to question it. That safety, that safety to be yourself and to know that they will love you. Yeah. Even when she gets hurt, because it does get hurt and there is conflict and it is messy. Like relationships aren't like, oh, let's communicate and like everything will be great. We all have a busload of kids. So like communicating all those kids at the same time just chaos mm. and that's okay it's okay to have conflict it's okay to have these moments where you don't agree or where you feel like it's like not working but coming back to that and having that mutual respect and that love and that safe place to be yourself let your walls down be vulnerable and to be accepted mm. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a nice feeling, isn't it? Yeah. But you have to learn to accept yourself first. Yes. And a lot of the self-relationship work is accepting that you will be okay no matter what someone else's reaction is to you. Yeah. That you can feel it. If it hurts, you let it hurt. But know that it's okay. Yeah. You can talk about it. You can be vulnerable. You can share what your needs are because your needs deserve to be met just as much as theirs. I think in a lot of my relationships, it was a very like 80, 20 dynamic where I was like, oh, I'll give more. Like I want more, so I'll give more. But I wasn't listening to what they were giving me. I wasn't able to receive it either. And that is a huge one. Well, we've just hit the 90-minute mark. So is there anything that we haven't spoken about that you want to share or just touch on before we kind of wrap up? Also, it's 11 11. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yes, we are always in sync with the universe. Um, when we are aligned with who we really are, when we are in touch with the golden butter. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put that on a t-shirt as well. A golden, yeah. like golden stick butter. of butter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, then- is there anything else? No, I think like like what we just spoke about, like so many different like legs mm. that we could speak to yeah. or to each of it. Um, I know we were going to talk a little bit about attachment styles, but um, I feel like time, that's a whole thing. That's a whole entire. Yeah. Different let's episode. do another. Let's do another <laughs> recording about attachment styles because I'm really interested in that as well. Yeah. Yeah, if you'd be happy to, we could talk about what they are and how you work out what yours is and blah, 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 all of the things. And I guess yes. how, that pre- how that presents in relationships. Yes, yes. 
yeah, I think it's so important. Um, but it's also, I will say this, it's a symptom of what you need to heal, not an identity. Yeah. And a lot of people use it as an identity. Oh, I'm just avoidant, so I just do that. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's yeah. Oof, I hate that. I hate that. Oh, they're just that type of person. It's like, well, no, they're not just a bitch. They got they got issues. They've, they've got <laughs> they a busload of kids there. Yeah. I fucking love this bus analogy. I often talk about uh the bus analogy with your inner critic, like my inner critic. Um, but it's even better with inner children and all of the different personalities and circumstances and why they were created and when you think about mm-hmm. that bus. And your inner critic, oh, I, like I used to be like, get rid of your inner critic, how to like stop it talking to you. And then I started to do this work on like the internal parts that we have and speaking to each of those parts in the third person. Like it's really wacky, but it's such a like segue into your subconscious beliefs. And your inner critic is actually your inner protector, Mm. protecting you from something. Yeah. And actually having conversations with those parts of us that we don't think are good Mm. and hearing what they have to say to us is Mm. so important. Mm. Well, yeah, there's a reason that that voice exists. Mm -hmm. And usually the way you talk talk to yourself is how maybe someone else spoke to you growing up. My dad. Daddy, you should love it, my dear. (laughs) Um, So, Liv, where can people find you? Are you happy that we, I didn't actually ask you, are you happy that we, you send us a link for an in-child meditation? We put that in the show notes. Um, Yes, it is a part of uh, one of my online courses, but I Oh, okay, sorry. I totally jumped the gun there. Never mind. (laughs) That's not included. Um, But where can... (laughs) Where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram. It's Olivia Merton Coach or oliviamerton.com.au. And you can actually find a free attachment style quiz on there if you are interested in that because you'll get a whole load of information on that too. Really nice. Yeah. All right. We have a surprise for you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so every interview we've done, we've asked them 10 Spitfire questions, just really random shit. And you have okay. to tell us the first answer that comes to you. Yes. Okay. Go. You go no, first. Not okay. <laughs> okay. Is cereal a soup? No. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. Pineapple on pizza? Yes. Toilet paper over or under? Over. What color describes you? Blue. <laughs> Love or mm. money? Oh, money. <laughs> That's so controversial. Yeah. What I do. <laughs> Only because I already have love. So, all oh, like, right. Yeah. Okay, fair. Which Hogwarts house are you? Ah, oh, I don't know because I've only ever watched it once and I don't like Harry Potter. Oh. Get off. Can I? <laughs> do you reckon oh, we'll, we'll discuss it? Hufflepuff, really kind of kind, gentle nature. Yeah, we'll give you a Hufflepuff. What's your spirit animal? Oh, I was going to say donkey. Why is that <laughs> donkey? <laughs> I am a bit of an ass. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm going to Google that after. What is a donkey? A donkey, yeah. That's so yeah, weird. what's the spiritual meaning of a donkey? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you were a fruit, what would you be? 
Oh, an orange. <laughs> Random. <laughs> and last question. If you could only eat one thing for the rest of your life, Excuse what me. would it be? Pizza. Mm, we had pizza the other night. It was so good. Just a margarita. Oh, yeah. Pizza, pizza. Like a Mexican pizza. Oh, I just, pizza in general. Like a mix. Like I love Mexican food. Put it on a pizza. It's like, boom. Mm. Beautiful. Evan. Yeah. Or like Cajun chicken. Yeah. Delicious. Thank well, you so it. much. Yeah. Thank you for the little coaching as well. All the questions, yes. answering all the questions that I had. You're very welcome. Um, I think it's kind of hard to kind of get the folder dynamics on the podcast, but I hope it helped in some way, shape or form. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. We learned a lot. Uh if you want to go find Liv, head up. <laughs> What's the first edit we're going to have to make? <laughs> if you want to go find Liv, hit up her Instagram. She gives out really, really, really great information and you'll learn a lot. But yeah, thank you so much for coming. We love you. Thank you. Well, you. Thank you for having me. Ooh. I absolutely loved that episode thank you again so much to live for giving up a little bit of time her knowledge her energy real real chill but powerful vibes there for me i really like her as a person yeah she's awesome i actually didn't say this at the start but lives an old friend of mine we met years ago when we were training at a gym in sydney and we've remained quite good friends and now we're in very similar spaces in terms of what we do so it was cool to see her show up in her element and show up in her coaching sphere because, of course, as a friend, you don't necessarily get to see that. So, mm. yeah, she's fucking great. She's brilliant at what she does. If you guys loved what she did, please go ahead and hit up her coaching. She, You've seen in this episode how great she is. So go ahead and join whatever she's got going on at the moment because you will not regret it. Uh, yeah, I got so much just out of that that episode for myself personally so thank you Liv I appreciate that mm. so if you love this episode please do us a favor and screenshot it chuck it on your stories and tag us including at Olivia Martin coach because I'm sure she would love to hear from you what you got out of it what you took away etc and of course it helps us spread the word of our amazing podcast so we will be so grateful if you did that thank you so much for listening and we will catch you in the next episode bye bye